Hey, friends, and welcome to Episode 7 of It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. I'm your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, and today I'm sharing my best tips for surviving the hectic holiday season. I honestly hate to even describe it that way, using words like survive and hectic, but I think we'd all be lying if we said we've never uttered something like, oh, just trying to survive the holidays, or just got to get through December, then everything will slow down, or the holidays are just like a runaway train and I'm just trying to hold on. (laughs) If you've been there, or if you're feeling it right now, this is the episode for you. I've got a tip for each of the 12 days of Christmas and a little tough love thrown in there too. One thing that's important to note, yes, most of the references and examples I make are Christmas themed. But even if you don't celebrate Christmas, I truly believe that these 12 tips are helpful to anyone during an especially busy season of life. And since I know that you're probably in the car right now on your way to Target for the second time this week, don't worry, I've got you covered. You can find all 12 of my holiday hot tips in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash seven, just the number seven. And if you're still checking things off your gift list, I have to recommend a really sweet toy subscription that is a favorite at our house, the Love Every Baby Play Kits. Love Every is a company that offers products and information which help create developmental experiences in the lives of new babies and families. Every other month, Camilla receives a box of adorable, developmentally appropriate toys made with sustainably sourced wood and organic cotton fabrics that are 100% baby safe. I love the play kits because I know I'm giving her something educational and fun without having to do tons of research and finding a whole bunch of separate toys. That takes a lot of time and can get really expensive. This way, she's getting quality educational toys delivered straight to our door, and there's always a little surprise inside for mom or dad, too. Get $10 off your first Love Every purchase by visiting abouttimepodcast.com forward slash play kit. That's P-L-A-Y-K-I-T. And I'll be sure to include this link in the show notes, too. Last thing before we dive in. I want to give a special listener shout out to PJ Lentz. PJ Lentz was kind enough to leave a five-star rating and review for It's About Time. She writes, love this podcast theme. The overarching topic that Anna focuses on is much needed. I love her highlight that being overly busy doesn't necessarily equate to happiness or success. I enjoy balancing all areas of my life, and I look forward to incorporating Anna's podcast into my schedule so that I can learn even more tips on time management. Thank you. PJ Lentz, thank you so much for taking time to write such a kind review. And you've got that right. I am all about banning busy as a badge of honor, and I'm honored that you're incorporating me and the podcast into your schedule. If you like what you hear on the show, I invite you to hit the subscribe button and let me know what you think by leaving a review. Your reviews play a huge role in helping the show show up in search results, which makes It's About Time easier to find for everyone. And as always, you can find all the details about this episode in the show notes found at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash seven, 
All right, it's about time we get started. So here we go. You're listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Around here, we believe that busy is not a badge of honor. Your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, is here to share tips and strategies to help you make the most of your time. Listen in on real conversations and success stories to find out how other go-getters are getting things done. If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick. Oh, the Christmas season. It's the most magical time of the year. Everyone is super happy all the time. Our houses are always clean and perfectly decorated. Our kids are well-behaved and we're so well-rested that we look forward to it every year. Are you laughing yet? Because that's not real, (laughs) at least not in my world. And it's really unfortunate because Hallmark Christmas movies make everything about Christmas time seem so lovely. One thing I've found is that often the stress of the holiday season comes from a combination of two things, letting other people set our priorities and getting in our own way. If you know me, you know that I'm a huge fan of personality assessments, the Myers-Briggs, Clifton Strengths used to be called Strengths Finder, the Enneagram, and which Disney princess are you? I'm Tiana from Princess and the Frog, by the way. Personality assessments are great because they help you put into words things you already know about yourself. When I put together this list of tips, I tried to include something for a number of different personalities. What makes us beautiful is that we're all different. So we all bring different struggles and hangups to the holiday season. That thing that drives you insane around the holidays might be no big deal for your significant other. And your sister's biggest pet peeve isn't even on your mom's radar. So I doubt that all 12 of these tips will be a perfect fit for you. But you'll probably find more than a few that will help you put things into perspective and spend your holidays with a little more joy and a little less stress. In no particular order, first, Let go of perfection. The perfect gift. The perfect tree. The perfect Christmas card. The perfect holiday checklist. The perfect traditions. Y'all, they do not exist. There is no such thing as perfect, and you will exhaust yourself in the pursuit of something that cannot be achieved. If you struggle with perfectionism, and I know that many of us do, especially Enneagram Ones, the holidays can be an especially taxing time. We feel that so much is expected, even if those expectations look different for each of us, and that if everything isn't perfect, then we've failed. We're not a good wife, mom, daughter, coworker, or friend. Whenever you feel like you're getting caught up in the pursuit of perfection, you know, all wide-eyed and crazy trying to get that Christmas bow just right and retying it for the eighth time because it's not perfect yet, or when you find yourself totally frustrated with your kids because, oh my gosh, can you just stand up straight and smile for one picture? I encourage you to take a deep breath and ask yourself, what would a B-minus look like? Followed by... 
what would happen if I let myself get a B minus on this? And then maybe, why am I caught up in perfection here? So this isn't exactly a holiday example, but when I was building my new website, I knew that I had the potential to tinker with it and tweak things for five years before I reached perfection. So I had to ask myself, what does a B minus look like for each page? What does an A plus look like? And why am I striving for perfection here? I looked at each page and decided what B minus and A plus would look like. And I made a list for each. Then I stopped when I got to B minus for each page. And now I can gradually go back and add the A plus features if I think they're still important. And digging into why I was striving for perfection, I realized that I believed that an imperfect website meant that I was an imperfect coach and that no one would take me seriously if my website wasn't perfect. Once I articulated why I was striving for something unattainable, a perfect website, I realized that my belief was rooted in insecurity, something that we all struggle with from time to time. I had to remember that my website has zero impact on my abilities as a coach, and that helps me move forward and hit the publish button. The holidays have the potential to unearth all kinds of weird feelings and insecurities. A friend of mine recently shared that when she's at her childhood home for the holidays, she falls right back into the patterns and behaviors she had as a 17-year-old. We don't mean to do it. It just happens. But by stopping and asking ourselves why we feel a certain way, we can start to knock down limiting beliefs and move forward in a positive, healthy way. Okay, next up. It is not your responsibility to make sure everyone else is happy. So this one doesn't give you permission to be a jerk or be rude to people, but it does give you permission to stop trying to please everyone all the time. My friends who are Enneagram 2s or Myers-Briggs FPs seem to have a limitless capacity for being helpful, hospitable, and bending over backwards to make sure everyone else is happy and having a good time. And that is such an amazing quality in them. But unfortunately, there is a limit and you can exhaust yourself emotionally and physically, leaving yourself little capacity to feel the joy of the holidays. There will always be a Scrooge. There will always be a Grinch. There will always be that one family member who is critical about everything and refuses to give in and feel a little Christmas spirit. That person's happiness is not your responsibility. If they want to be a Scrooge, that's their choice. And on the flip side, your happiness is your responsibility. No one else's. You might be the Grinch. You might be the Scrooge. You might show up to family gatherings with a scowl on your face, expecting everybody else to cheer you up. Maybe you expect everything to be done for you, or you have high expectations for other people and how they do things, and nothing's good enough. This is me asking you to do your part. 
If you find yourself in a sour mood around the holidays, take a moment to ask yourself why. Why do you feel this way? What's the root of your discontent? And this leads into the next tip, which is speak up about what means most to you. Whether that's holiday traditions, a special dish on the Christmas dinner menu, what you really wanted for Christmas, no one, not your spouse or your closest family or your friends can read your mind. If you're an Enneagram 9, I know it can be tough to rock the boat and speak up about how you really want to spend the holidays, but it's so much better for everyone when you put it out there. A friend of mine shared a story on Instagram not too long ago about waking up one gorgeous weekend morning and wanting to get out and enjoy the beautiful weather. And her husband just sat on the couch. And as the hours and minutes passed, she started stewing because he was just wasting the day and they weren't at the park or going for a walk or having a picnic. And she was getting more annoyed by the minute. And then she had a light bulb moment and realized that she never actually said that she wanted to do something. So how is he going to know? He can't read minds. Don't let the most magical season of the year pass you by without doing what you really wanted to do because you didn't want to speak up and rock the boat. Number five, this is not a competition. Okay, so this advice is for me, and I got to admit, it makes me cringe a little. I honestly don't mean to turn everything into a competition, I'm an Enneagram 3 called The Achiever, and my number one strength, according to StrengthsFinder, is competition. For a long time, I struggled with how exactly competition is a strength. You know, I talk about collaboration or community over competition all the time, and I'm definitely not that girl who's going to step on other people on my way to the top. But I see competition reveal itself in other small ways in my life. For example, I've gotten hung up buying Christmas gifts before because I wanted to find the gift that would be my niece's favorite. I didn't just want to make an app for a party. I wanted to make the best app that everybody talked about. And I want to pick out the Dirty Santa gift that everybody fights over. And like others who have competition high on their list of strengths, if I couldn't have the best decorations, I didn't want to decorate at all. If I couldn't throw the best Christmas party, Yep, no party it is. And I know this probably sounds really silly to some of you, but I'll bet that others are nodding your head like, "Uh uh-huh, yep, this is me. So for those of you who are picking up what I'm putting down, the holidays are not a competition. Do your best to put your drive to be the best away for a little bit and remember that you are enough as you are. And that people like you and love you for who you are, not the gifts you buy or the decorations on your house or the party you host. Okay, y'all. So I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. 
But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard, or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, in all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules, and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you want to know how to get there? To have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. Next, you're allowed to do holidays in your own way. I'm going to assume that if you're listening to this, you're a grown up and you're capable of making your own choices in life. If you feel joy staying at home wrapped in a blanket and watching National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation for the fifth time while eating popcorn, do it. If you feel joy getting dressed up and going to midnight mass with your family every year, do it. There is no requirement that your holiday celebrations be big, flashy, over the top, or in your face. Simplicity and minimalism can be so incredibly special, and special is what you make it. Significance is what you make it. The next tip is to prepare for what you can and let the rest go. Don't get so caught up preparing for every worst case scenario with travel, gifts, cooking, whatever it is that you do, that you don't take a moment to be present and enjoy the moment. I'm talking to you, Enneagram Sixes. Whenever you find yourself spiraling in thoughts and fears and worries about what could go wrong or what you might have forgotten, give in and picture the absolute worst case scenario. I know that sounds terrifying, but trust me. And then, once you've thought of the worst case, ask yourself how you would move forward from that, or how you would fix it if it were to actually happen. Chances are, the solution is simpler than you'd think, and you'll find that you're a lot calmer now that you've envisioned a solution, just in case you need it. Next on the list, you don't have to say yes to every party invitation. Don't get me wrong. I love a good holiday party. 
an excuse to dress up, spend time with friends, wear a tacky sweater, or sip some eggnog. But you know that law of diminishing returns thing where you have more and more and more and more of something until all of a sudden more becomes a bad thing? Being exhausted and stretched too thin, trying to make six different holiday parties in one weekend or one night doesn't actually give you much time to enjoy yourself. If you spread yourself so thin, are you even having a good time? Plus, buying 37 Dirty Santa gifts really adds up. My suggestion, bring your best self to the parties that mean the most. Ask yourself why you feel the need to say yes to all the party invites. Do you openly admit to having FOMO? And dad, if you're listening, that means fear of missing out. It's a thing the kids are saying now. And if the answer is yes, then what exactly are you afraid of? Are you afraid that your relationships aren't strong enough to withstand you missing an event? Are you afraid that missing an event would damage your career? If you have FOMO, dig deep and ask yourself why. What's driving the fear, even if it hurts? It will help you in the long run to understand the why behind it so you can stop spreading yourself so thin. And just like you don't have to say yes to every invitation, number nine is you don't have to do every tradition. This one's kind of tough to tackle because the holidays are jam-packed with traditions. And one thing I've noticed as a new mom is that people, family members especially, are placing expectations on me to start all these new traditions for my little girl. Camilla will be a month shy of a year old on Christmas Day. And let's be honest, she has no idea what's going on. (laughs) We're not taking pictures with Santa this season. And you know what? That doesn't make me a bad mom. And if you're doing Santa pictures with your baby, more power to you. That is awesome. It's just not for us this year, which is the point of this tip. You don't have to do every tradition. You don't have to put an elf on the shelf and bake homemade Christmas cookies and go see the Nutcracker and buy a new ornament for each family member and go to brunch with Santa and the Polar Express and the teddy bear tea and the Christmas parade and this and that. And before long, all of those traditions pile up to the point of having no room to actually sit and enjoy the lights on your tree. You're constantly moving from one thing to the next. And the holidays become more about checking things off a list. And you know, I'm all for a good to-do list, especially when it's filled with purpose and intention. But when celebration starts to feel like a burden, something's got to give. If you're feeling crushed under the weight of your tradition checklist, make a list of all the traditions you do each year and start with the beginning of the holiday season. With each item on your list, Ask yourself, what does this mean for me or for my family? What would happen if we stopped this tradition? Does this actually bring me or us joy? Or has it become a burden? If you're on the fence about a particular tradition, consider asking your family what they think. You might be putting everyone through something that no one really enjoys just for the sake of not breaking your streak. Some traditions stick and some don't. 
And that's okay. And you know what? It's okay to have no traditions and fly by the seat of your pants every single holiday. It doesn't make you a bad person to not care about tradition. Maybe your tradition is no tradition. Do what's best for you. 10. You don't have to do everything yourself. Cooking, cleaning, shopping, wrapping gifts, whatever it is, we've got to let go of this belief that if we don't do it all, then we're not doing enough or that it doesn't count. It's okay to let someone help you with Christmas dinner. Make it a potluck. Pick up side dishes from the Cracker Barrel. (laughs) Stressing yourself out and burning the rolls because you insisted on doing everything yourself isn't good for anyone. Which holiday activities bring you joy? Do those. Which holiday activities don't bring you joy? What can you delegate or just stop doing? Here are a few ideas. If you hate gift wrapping, ask around and see if any teenagers you know enjoy it and might be looking for a few extra dollars. I don't know about you, but Santa doesn't wrap gifts at my house. He just puts them under the tree, unwrapped for us to find on Christmas morning. Smart move, mom. I mean, Santa. Need to assemble stuff or even have your house cleaned before a party? See if there's a task rabbit in your area. At taskrabbit.com, you can search, read reviews, and find a tasker who can do anything from moving boxes to cleaning houses, assembling furniture, delivering groceries, and more. And on the subject of grocery delivery, if you hate holiday grocery shopping or shopping in general, use a grocery delivery service like Shipped and take back the time you'd spend walking up and down the aisles at the grocery. If you've never tried Shipped, head to abouttimepodcast.com forward slash Shipped, that's S-H-I-P-T, and save $50 on an annual membership. Target, Walmart, and so many grocery stores have gotten on board with pickup, drive up, or delivery options, and they're worth a try if it means you get your time back. One disclaimer, if you love grocery shopping, go on with your bad self. Go to the grocery store, enjoy and bask in the feeling of walking up and down the aisles if that is something that you truly enjoy. Me personally, kind of stresses me out. But that's just to say that if there's something that you enjoy, even if you could delegate it, just do it if you like it. Number 11, it's okay not to feel merry and bright all the time. In other words, It's okay to feel sad around the holidays. There's nothing wrong with you for feeling a bit down. The holidays, even though they're a super joyous time, can remind us of what we believe to be missing in our life. Whether that's sadness from losing a loved one, regret over a lost friendship, loneliness during a time when it feels like everyone is getting engaged or is with someone. Sometimes we feel sadness because we realize we've reached the end of the year and didn't accomplish what we'd hoped, or we feel regret for wasted time. Some of you will know exactly what I mean when I say it's okay to feel feelings. And if you find yourself feeling down, it can be cathartic to just let yourself feel the emotion and cry if you want to. If you find yourself missing a loved one who's passed away, Consider finding a way to honor that person's memory during the holidays. Maybe it's lighting a special candle or buying a special Christmas tree ornament in their memory 
or continuing a special tradition that you used to share. For many of us, the holidays are just a bittersweet time, and feeling a little down doesn't make you the Grinch or a Scrooge. And finally, number 12, remember what we're celebrating. A lot of times, the moment we lose sight of the meaning of Christmas, we find ourselves falling into unhealthy habits and bad behavior. We get competitive. We feel the need to please everyone. We find ourselves unable to say no or speak up. We get wrapped up in everything except what actually deserves our focus. So I hope that you'll remember why we're celebrating, what we're celebrating, and who we're celebrating. And with that, I hope some of these holiday tips will prove to be helpful for you as we continue making our way to December 25th. If any of these resonate with you, I hope you'll let us know over in the podcast community at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash community. We can learn so much from each other, so head over there and share your best holiday tips. As always, all of the details from this episode can be found in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash seven, just the number seven, including the link to try shipped and check out the sweet Love Every Baby Play Kids. I hope you'll tune in to next week's episode, one I'm really excited to share with you. With a brand new year right around the corner, we've all got 2020 on our minds. So I'm walking you through the process I use to plan my year. From creating a vision board to choosing a theme for each month, it's going to be a good one. All right, that's it for today. Thanks so much for tuning in and talk with you soon. Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today. Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.